Welcome to the Changing Mission podcast brought to you by the Outreach Foundation. My name is Marcus DePaula, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with the Iranian Ministries Coordinator, Sasan Tavasoli. Sasan, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited about this podcast series, and I'm glad to be part of it. That's wonderful, because what you do is broadcast, so you're used to having a microphone in your face like this. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Not this close, usually, but I do, yes. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be involved with the Outreach Foundation. I was born and raised in a Shiite Muslim home in Iran. I am from Iran, born and raised in Iran. Okay. I uh, come from a Sufi Muslim background. In my own family was involved in Sufi Islam, which is a mystical interpretation and practice of Islam. Okay. I grew up in a home that was very much at peace with modern world enlightenment values. This was before the Iranian Revolution. And when we had the Iranian Revolution, the coming of the Ayatollah Khomeini, the rise of radical Islam, a, a very different interpretation interpretation and practice of Islam, very hostile against the rest of the world. I was about 10 years old when the revolution took place. So I was exposed to a very different side of what Islam could be like. Mm -hmm. uh, but so that was my experience growing up in a Muslim home and a Muslim country in Iran. And then later on as a teenager, uh, in the middle of the Iran-Iraq war in the mid-80s, my family decided to send me out of the country okay. so I would not be drafted into the military. And I ended up in Europe attending a Christian school, mm -hmm. which had been started by a group of American missionaries. So I came to faith in Christ as a teenager in 1985 through the ministry of American missionaries working in Europe. Wow. And uh, felt God's call on my life shortly after that, that God didn't bring me out of Iran. So I would just now be in the West and pursue my own version of the American dream. Sure. But that now that I was exposed to the good news of Jesus, it's my duty and privilege to tell other Iranians about this Jesus. Yeah. So that's become the story of my life, telling other Iranians and Muslims uh, about Christ. And I ended up with the Outreach Foundation about 12 years ago okay. uh, through connections with various Presbyterian churches. And it's been a great, great family and a great um, mission home for me and our ministry. And your work is very specific and very focused. Can you tell us a little bit about what your ministry entails? Yes. My focus in the Outreach Foundation is Iran. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, unlike my <laughs> other colleagues that cover big chunks of the world, right. uh, I am from Iran. My love is the people of Iran. So my focus is Iran. Really, I'm like a teacher within the Iranian world at large. Okay. A big part of my ministry is producing satellite TV programs that are broadcast into Iran, into Afghanistan, all over Europe and the Middle East wow. for all Persian-speaking, Farsi-speaking people that can hear them. So a big part of my time is spent in various studios around the world uh, producing Christian programs. But I also do a lot of conferences and seminars for Iranian Christians. And a number of my Iranian ministry partners and colleagues and I have also started an Iranian Bible college. So we are training pastors and church leaders for the next generation of the Iranian church movement. We connect with the churches inside Iran and also Iranians in diaspora. Okay. We have millions of Iranians who live in Europe, in North America, all over the world. So we connect with Iranians around the world. And so my ministry in the Outreach Foundation is connect with wherever Iranians are and resourcing and equipping the house church movement and the church movement among Iranian Christians. That's great. And what kind of growth have you seen since you've started this work in the church there in Iran and with the communities that are in diaspora as yeah, well? I mean, mission scholars are telling us that it seems that Iran is one of the fastest growing 
evangelical church movements in the world wow. in terms of rates of growth. And this is, we're talking about the Islamic Republic of Iran. Right. So the, God has a sense of humor of how <laughs> nobody envisioned that Ayatollah Khomeini would be a great instrument in the hands of God right. in promoting the gospel and spreading the good news of Jesus. But basically, Iranians have become very disillusioned with Islam, especially the radical Islam that they've experienced in the past 40 years and the broken promises of the Iranian revolution. So a lot of Iranians are searching for a different way of connecting with God. Uh, Iranians are usually relig- very religious internally, but they are disillusioned with established religion, traditional religious traditions, like many people around the world. Right. So in the midst of that spiritual search, they are very open to the message of the gospel. And now I became a Christian in 1985, I was kind of among the first waves of Iranians coming to faith after the revolution of 1979. It's just every year that goes by, it seems like this wave is building upon waves, building upon waves, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Let me just give you a statistic. It's estimated that in 1979, on the eve of the Iranian revolution, we had 500 Iranian Christians who came from a Muslim background. So we had 500 converts in all of Iran. And to give our listeners a perspective, American Presbyterian missionaries went to my country in the 1830s, and they served in Iran for 150 years. Wow. They built hospitals. They built churches. They printed Christian literature, worked with women, orphanages, and so on and so forth. After 150 years, all American missionaries were kicked out in 1980. And the Iranian regime says that's the end of the church now that the missionaries are all kicked out. So in 1979, 40 years ago, it's estimated we had 500 Christians from a Muslim background. Today, conservative estimates put the number of Iranian Christians in Iran at over 1 million. Wow. And, you know, some people even say significantly higher. Now, there is no possibility of doing a scientific survey in Iran. But based on a number of different kinds of evidence, we believe that there is a massive momentum towards the gospel. Now, these are not a million people attending church. Right. These are people in their home watching Christian television and have a relationship with God, them, God, TV, and their family maybe. But we are very much encouraging Iranian Christians to gather in small groups, start their house churches. In fact, one of the TV programs that I do is called Our House, Our Church. We just produced our 15th season. Wow. In that program, we try to role model for the audience how to have their own house church, how to have worship, singing, prayer, fellowship, and scriptures mm-hmm. in, in this TV program called Our House, Our Church uh, in each season. Each season is made up of about 13 one-hour programs, episodes. We have communion once or twice in each season. Okay. So we tell the audience, uh, you know, bring your grape juice, bring your bread. We'll have communion yeah. together. So this is use of modern technology. Yeah. And uh, in, in each uh, season, we recite the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. We say the Lord's Prayer. We go through the Ten Commandments basically trying to instruct how to do a Christian worship service in your home with four or five other people. So we try to role model how to be a church. We try to resource and teach about Christian life, relationships together. So that's one of the programs I do that's been very well received among Iranians around the world Mm -hmm. and specifically in Iran. But so this is why Iranians are coming to faith. Disillusionment with Islam. Okay, Iranians are coming to faith because of how God is using modern technology whether it's satellite TV, whether it's access to Christian websites and resources on the web, 
Now, let me make a parenthetical comment. The Iranian government bans satellite dishes. The Iranian government blocks Christian websites, and yet Iranians bypass all those <laughs> all those laws. <laughs> Bibles are being printed and distributed, wow. digital Bibles. And then, you know, many people have already heard about how Jesus is showing up in dreams and visions. Jesus answers prayers. Jesus delivers. You know, Muslims already believe in Jesus as a great prophet. Okay. So they call out to his name and Jesus shows up. Uh, A big movement in Iran is uh, how people are coming to faith through the 12-step program. Iranians are dealing with addiction, uh, especially alcohol, drug addiction. Uh, Iranians are dealing with a great deal of depression. And so through the brokenness of Iranian society, Jesus is coming to heal, to touch, to deliver, to show up. So these are the ways that God is at work among the Iranian people. And the rate of growth of the church is one of the highest in the world. And Truly, I mean, in the context of the gospel in the Muslim world, you know, I speak in American churches and I say, you know, these are rough estimates, but more Muslims have come to Christ in the last 14 years than the last 1400 years combined. Wow. I tell the church in America, Jesus is running around loose in the Muslim world. This is not a time of doom and gloom. This is the most exciting time in the history of Muslim Christian encounter, in the history of the encounter of the church with the world of Islam, we are living in the most exciting times. That's and amazing. it's exciting to be part of what God is doing in our time, in our generation, in the Islamic world. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Yeah. I believe Jesus is fulfilling his promise in the Muslim world before our very eyes as we speak. You mentioned the government blocking websites and forbidding satellite dishes from being installed. What are some of the other challenges that Christians face? Persecution of all kinds. In Iran, the persecution is all backed by the government. It's not the mob. It's not family. It's not neighborhoods. It's not the local mosque. It's the government-run persecution. First of all, all our church buildings, Protestant church buildings, have had to shut down their doors. So a Muslim convert no longer has the possibility of attending a church building. Okay. So the only form of church is a house church, which is absolutely illegal. It's illegal and it's underground. So by the very fact that you want to attend somebody's house, sit on the couch with four, five, ten of your friends, worship God in your mother tongue, read the Bible, pray, sing hymns, that's illegal. Mm. And the government keeps infiltrating networks of house churches and they keep arresting They shut down house churches, they arrest, they harass, they imprison, especially the leaders of the house church networks. So there is a campaign of intimidation, harassment, imprisonment, torture, threats, and the government very much encourages people to just leave the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want you to stay in the country. So those are significant challenges. You can lose your job. You can get kicked out of university. The, The university will not give you your diploma if you're a Christian. And more down-to-earth issues. When you become a Christian, you want to marry a a Christian believer. Sure. The options are very limited. uh, And sometimes you are rejected also sometimes by your family and so on and so forth. So you have the persecution on one end. You have limited options for marrying a Christian. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to exist officially as an Iranian Muslim who is now a follower of Jesus. That possibility doesn't exist. You cannot freely identify yourself as a Christian. You cannot freely worship. These are the major challenges. 
Now, when I said the government banned satellite dishes, which is correct, it's illegal, yet the government of Iran estimates that 60% of Iranians have satellite TV. As far as the eyes can see, there are satellite dishes on rooftops. Gotcha. And the government actually produces programs for satellite TV, but it's all illegal. Don't ask me how that works out, but that's just the way it is. Gotcha. <laughs> and you're taking advantage of that. We are. We are. <laughs> We hear about in some of the other Muslim nations that they are able to have outreach programs through education and healthcare that are actually official Christian organizations. But it sounds like in Iran, that's not an option. That's not an option. And so how is the church growing just by word of mouth? I guess directly, uh, since it's so underground, it just blows my mind that there's no public platform for evangelism. That's right. There is no public platform for evangelism. But as I said, the biggest reason for growth is the disillusionment with Islam. Gotcha. And again, God is using both modern technology. Iran has never been like North Korea. Iranians have always been able to access what's going on around them in the outside world. They are very aware and engaged with the outside world. Okay. So satellite television, internet, websites, Bibles that are being you know, distributed illegally inside Iran. Many times we've seen Iranians who've come to Christ in Europe, in America, in Canada, in Australia. Okay. They contact their family members back home. We've become Christians. They travel back and forth, take Bibles with them share the gospel with them. So these are the ways that Iranians are finding out about this Jesus, about what Christianity is all about. So for the first time in history, a Muslim in Iran, or many other parts of the Islamic world, but for the first time in history, a Muslim in Iran with no access to a church, a Bible, Christian community, can sit in the safety of their homes Mm -hmm. and be exposed to Christian programs on satellite TV or on a website or on internet radio. This is a game changer. Yeah. Modern technology has become a game changer in a place like Iran, in many other parts of the Islamic world. But I don't want to also, I do not want to downplay the reality of what Jesus himself is doing in this spiritual revolution that's taking place. When I say Jesus is running around loose in the Muslim world, I really mean it because the incredible dreams and visions I hardly know of an Iranian Christian from a Muslim background that hasn't had a dream or a vision which impacted them in a significant way Mm -hmm. in their spiritual journey. So dreams and visions are a huge component of the spiritual revolution. Or answers to prayers, deliverance from spiritual oppression and the brokenness of life. Iran has one of the highest rates of depression and anger, according to Gallup Global Surveys. Which makes sense with the addiction problems. Addiction, divorce, unemployment, prostitution. There is a profound sense of despair and hopelessness Mm. about the future. Jesus shows up and brings hope. Brings hope for a broken marriage. Brings deliverance from the chains of addiction. Brings peace Uh, to a person who's lived a life of anger and uh, revenge. So Jesus is really delivering people from a great deal of spiritual oppression. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, the 12-step programs, it's not an explicitly Christian program, but it's very much based on a Christian worldview. Yes. So people are exposed to the love of God. People are exposed to the concept of grace. These things do not exist. In Islam. Okay. And so it's a huge segue for them to be introduced then to the fuller message of the gospel. So this is how God is at work. I understand the fear in the church in America 
because we are being bombarded by bad news uh, that are happening in the name of Islam and Islamic terrorism and violence and threats. And part of it is very real. I'm not trying to downplay that. But at the same time, I want the church in America to really have confidence in the power of the risen Christ. Mm. Jesus is Lord. And I often tell the church in America that reality is not defined by what you watch on CNN or Fox News. Absolutely. Reality is defined by the promises of Jesus Christ. Yes. And Jesus has promised that he will build his church. Jesus is building his church. When you look at the history of Christian Muslim encounters with no Muslim groups coming to faith in Christ in the first 1300 years. Yeah. And now we have hundreds of Muslim people groups in the Islamic world that are coming to faith in Christ. Something new, something unprecedented, something unique, something exciting is happening right now. Yeah. This is not a time of doom and gloom that let's just go behind our fortress mentalities and just bomb all our enemies. Right. This is not that time. This is a time to believe that Jesus' love is more powerful than our evil, our sin, our brokenness, our hatred. And Jesus is conquering hearts. And this is an exciting time to be alive. And I hope that the church in America catches a vision for what God is doing around the world and wants to jump in and just experience that firsthand. And I think that's the brilliance of what Outreach Foundation does, is to provide that opportunity through various trips. Yeah. To come and see, come and see. You wanted to ask me, what can the church do? What can we learn? Right. And I think the church in America, in addition to faithfully praying, in addition to faithfully supporting through their finances, mm-hmm. which you know it's great, thank God for that, the church in America needs to come and see. Mm. Uh, I don't want Americans to just hear an Iranian speaker talk about what God is doing in the Iranian world. Right. I want them to come and see. We no longer take people to Iran. Right. <laughs> I used to do that many years ago. Yeah. But there are over 5 million Iranians who live in diaspora, right. who live outside of Iran. So we are organizing a trip on behalf of the Outreach Foundation to take Americans who want to come with us to a place like Turkey. Great. And see Iranians in diaspora. We have tons of Iranian churches in Turkey. We now have more Iranian Christians living as refugees in Turkey than Turkish Christians. Wow. The Iranian church in Turkey is bigger than the Turkish church in Turkey. I just came back last week from Germany. In one Baptist denomination in Germany, I have an Iranian friend who's a pastor who's going to be ordained soon in the city of Mainz, which is like a suburb of Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. He said in their Baptist denomination in Germany, just one denomination, they have over 100 German churches that have Iranian congregations in. Wow. In just one denomination in Germany. Iranians and Afghans are flooding the church in Germany. And we hear the same thing in other parts of Europe, Mm -hmm. Austria, UK, Sweden. I took a group of Presbyterian leaders with me to London last year to meet prominent Iranian ministries and church leaders. So there is a possibility to come and hear stories of how God is at work in the Persian-speaking world outside of countries of Iran and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So I hope that the people who are listening to this podcast would take advantage of these opportunities to the Outreach Foundation to come and travel, to come and hear the stories. We don't want Americans to come and teach. Mm. We want our American brothers to come and listen, to come and learn, to we've come heard, and share. We've heard from some of these other conversations that the person who's changed the most is you mm-hmm. when you go to visit. 
we think so much of mission work as us taking something to the people there, but it sounds like there's so much more that the Iranian Christians can offer us. We have no buildings. <laughs> right. We don't want Americans to come and build anything, <laughs> paint anything, carpet anything, or roof anything. But no, I mean, an Iranian Christian is profoundly touched when an American comes. You know, it takes time. It takes money and right. resources to travel. And they are blown away that these American brothers and sisters of ours care so much for us to come and hear our stories, to come and listen to our testimonies, to come and cry with us. Mm-hmm. When we talk about what has happened to us, because we are dealing with, a lot of times with refugees sure. who've had to leave the country because of their faith, because of persecution. And leave family members behind. Yeah. And so uh, the group of Americans that I took with me to England, we met a number of Iranian Christians. The first night we had dinner with a young Iranian lady whose father was a martyred pastor. Mm. Her father was executed uh, in Iran uh, for apostasy. Hmm. He was a Christian pastor from a Muslim background. We met another prominent former bishop of a church in Iran. Mm -hmm. His brother was martyred in 1994. So we met families of Christian martyrs who are continuing the ministry in diaspora. So people have paid a price for their faith. Yeah, And Iranians are encouraged when Americans come and hear them. And Americans are blessed when they see the courage, the passion, the zeal of the church uh, in a place like Iran. So I think it's a fantastic opportunity for all of us to mutually bless each other, learn from each other, and have a deeper understanding of who God is and what the church is all about. Absolutely. If you want to learn more about the trips that Sasan has mentioned, you can go to theoutreachfoundation.org. There are also opportunities to support Sasan's ministry. Sasan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely. It was my honor. Thank you. 